are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and, of course, where they are now. So, what is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? As always, I'm just so happy to be here today. Now, before we get started, I just want to give a big shout out to my girl, Navina, my good friend who is in the studio with me. Uh, so I really do appreciate your presence right now. Okay, anyway, so like I said, I hope you guys are having a great day so far. And... Uh, Today is a very special day, like we talked about last week, because today, this will be, I think this will be our uh, first ever uh, fight breakdown of the year of 2020. Unfortunately, for the past two or three weeks, we didn't have a lot of uh, fights to break down, but today is your day, fam, because we have been blessed with UFC 246, and we're going to be talking about that today, so... Yes, Conor McGregor is going to be making his comeback after about a year and a half, after two years of layoff, after his most recent loss against Khabib Nurmagomedov, the current lightweight champion of the UFC. Fortunately, things didn't go his way, but here he is for potential redemption. But this time, he's going to be having a welterweight bout against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And Donald Cowboy Cerrone is no guy to be messed with, and he is not to be underestimated ever. And this is why you should definitely tune in to watch UFC 246 happening on Saturday, January 18th. And as you can tell, I'm just so hyped up to break down this particular bout for y'all. I've been looking forward to this fight and this whole fight card for so long. And finally, here it is. So I am so, so excited. But not only that, this whole fight card is, ladies and gentlemen, it is super, super stacked. For the co-main event, we have a ladies bout. We have the former bantamweight champion, Holly Holm, who's going to be going at it against a former title challenger, actually, Raquel Pennington, one of my all-time favorites. These two ladies are going to be going at it. And my prediction is that whoever wins this bout is potentially going to fight the current bantamweight champion, the champ champ, the one of the greatest uh, women fighters of all time, Amanda Nunes. So again, I'm super excited for this bout as well. And there are some other interesting fights happening for the main event of the evening, including the bout, the lightweight bout, actually, between Anthony Pettis and Diego Ferreira. And we're going to talk about that in more detail today. And again, another women's bout that I'm so excited about, Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Grasso from Mexico. This one's going to be a women's strawweight bout. So these are some of the big fights that are happening for this UFC 246 card. And I am so, so pumped up. So 
We're like I said, we're going to be exclusively breaking down these fights. And now, without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so. Uh, actually, before we get started, let's just talk about how I'm feeling today. So, uh, yes, if you are listening from the Guelph and nearby regions via CFRU 93.3 FM, uh, it is very likely that you are a university student out here. And listen, fam, I get your um, hustle and uh, hard work because it is officially the second week of school of the winter semester. And I know things can get a little bit hard, especially for all of us coming coming off of a break, for most of us three, four weeks of uh, our winter break. But now here we are just trying to keep up the grind, keep up the hustle. And my friend Navina is just like here, you know, she knows the struggle. So um, I'm sure that I'm speaking for a lot of people out here. So like I said, please do not lose hope. Just keep going, keep up the hard grind. And uh, just, just to tell you a little bit about my day today, today, you know, this is probably one of the longest that, I'm gonna, that I've had so far for this semester. But listen, I just try to keep up the hard work, not to lose hope and just keep going hard. And trust me, you will eventually get the reward at the end. So that is, I guess, our daily slash weekly dose of motivation for all of you guys out here, TKO Nation. So now that we got that out of the way, we can freely talk about UFC 246. And now without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so generally talking about UFC 246, like I said, it's happening this Saturday, January 18th. And like we've had it with previous main cards, the main card is supposed to be happening at 10 p.m. Eastern time zone. And this fight is actually happening in Las Vegas, which totally makes sense. It is a big profile fight. Whenever you have Conor McGregor fighting on any fight card, regardless of if, it, if it's a pay-per-view card or if it's just a regular UFC fight night, it is going to be a very, very uh, important event. So it definitely does make sense why the the matchmakers decided to have this whole event in Las Vegas because of all the uh, bettings that are uh, go- supposed to be going on and whatnot. So good uh, marketing and um, business decision. So, like I said, the main event is um, something that uh, that we as the fans have been looking forward to. And uh, specifically for Conor McGregor, although you guys already know, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, Conor McGregor is not necessarily one of my uh, personal favorites when it comes to uh, mixed martial arts and what I personally consider uh, for, uh, you know, the qualities that I would consider to be great in a mixed martial artist. Because, you know, you guys already know in this business... Not only do you have to be a good athlete, not only do you have to be a good fighter, but you also have to have, in my opinion, good sportsmanship and good attitude and whatnot. But I also do understand that uh, to be a professional fighter, you have to have um, entertainer um, qualities, you know, qualities of an entertainer. So you do have to eventually, you know, get into that trash talk business and whatnot. But okay, as long as it's not too excessive, it's acceptable. However, things with Conor McGregor are a little bit different because it seems like, you know, the the qualities, the characteristics of him as a entertainer tend to be dominant sometimes over his qualities as a fighter and a mixed martial artist. So because of that, uh, as you can imagine, Conor McGregor has been one of the most controversial figures in mixed martial arts and just all combat sports um, right now in the modern world. And um, honestly... Not going to sugarcoat or anything. That is one of the main reasons why Conor McGregor is one of the biggest superstars in the world of MMA right now. 
So like I said, here he is trying to redeem himself and trying to prove himself once again to the world of combat sports as to why he deserves that uh, legend status. Because I'm just going to uh, backtrack a little bit and give you a brief background of Conor McGregor's um, professional record and some of the most recent fights that he has had that has made him this big, big superstar. So you guys already remember when Conor McGregor came to the UFC, he was lighting at the feather. He was fighting at the uh, featherweight division at 145 pounds. He was doing really well. He was super humble. Um, he uh, dominated over uh, all, almost all of his opponents at the time until he got to the top at the featherweight division and got the chance to fight the then champion at the featherweight division, Jose Aldo. And it was this very fight um, that I would say, I would argue that was um, the defining moment in Conor McGregor's career because when he had that fight against Jose Aldo, even Jose Aldo, who had been the champion for 10 straight years, Navina, and uh, he had been undefeated essentially for 10 straight years, he was just automatically intimidated by the persona that Conor McGregor was putting on him. Conor McGregor, the, the person, the fighter who had, who had just been a challenger, a simple challenger to Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo was still being um, you know, scared and intimidated by um, all the trash talking that Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor excuse me, was doing at the time. And uh, like I said, it, it was a very important um, moment and scene in Conor McGregor's professional career. And you guys already know what happened after that because Conor McGregor, he, uh, before walking onto the octagon and fighting Jose Aldo, he uh, said he actually predicted what he was going to do to Jose Aldo and that was to drop Jose Aldo very early in the fight with the uh, straight cross. And that's exactly what he did when he fought Jose Aldo. And that was the moment that he became the featherweight champion at the UFC. And from there, things took off because what happened was that Conor McGregor now wanted to move up a weight division to the light heavyweight, excuse me, the lightweight division at 155 pounds. And uh, he was supposed to be fighting the then champion at the time. Things went down. Um, the guy who, the guy that doesn't fight in the UFC anymore, um, Eddie Alvarez, he was the champion at the light heavyweight, excuse me, I keep saying light heavyweight, but it's lightweight, you know, 155 pounds, the then champion, Eddie Alvarez, he, um, got a title shot against Eddie Alvarez, Conor McGregor got a title shot against Eddie Alvarez, and, uh, he too was able to mull over Eddie Alvarez and, at that time, he became the champ champ. He got two different championship belts from two different weight divisions, making him one of the most um, powerful figures in the UFC at the time. And after that, you guys remember the, the very famous boxer Floyd Money Mayweather, who had been so, so successful in his, I mean, he still is in his professional boxing career. He came out calling out Conor McGregor, saying that he wants to fight McGregor and that this will be a very good deal uh, for both of them money-wise because if McGregor did accept this fight, then he would make a lot of money. And that's exactly what happened again. The two had a boxing fight. 
a very, very notable boxing fight. And unfortunately, um, Floyd Money Mayweather won that fight. Of course, this was uh, Mayweather's forte. No wonder why. I mean, not to say that we didn't have hope in Conor McGregor going into this fight as a mixed martial artist. Because even though you are a fighter, you still have all of those striking abilities. And you do have those boxing skills. So... Unfortunately, that was one of the first losses that Conor McGregor experienced uh, in his um, overall combat sports career. And oh my goodness, how could I possibly forget about the fight that Conor McGregor had against Nate Diaz from Stockton, California. Oh my goodness, this fight was one of my... Because the two fought two times... Of course, the first time that they fought, um, Conor McGregor actually experienced his first loss ever in the UFC when he fought Nate Diaz. And that was at um, the 155-pound weight division, so he lost that fight. The two had a rematch, and uh, this time, Conor McGregor he was able to win this fight. However, it was very controversial. And a lot of people do argue that that fight should have been declared a draw or a majority decision in favor of McGregor's opponent, Nate Diaz. And so things started going kind of um, downhill for Conor McGregor, although he had obtained so much fame and money throughout all these years, throughout all these fights. You know, he wasn't necessarily winning all the fights that he was having at the time. And I'm just trying to recall the next fight that Conor McGregor had. And yes, of course, it was the most recent fight that he had. And that was against, like I said, Khabib Nurmagomedov. And for this fight, it was a very interesting fight because, like I said, Conor McGregor is literally notorious for his trash shocking for the fact that he is able to have a lot of control over his opponent's mentality and is able to make them essentially uh, be defeated in their own mind before they even walk into the octagon and so when Conor McGregor was scheduled to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov about like I said a year and a half two years ago it was a very defining moment again because if McGregor was able to win that fight against Khabib, then he would have easily redeemed himself. But unfortunately, that was not the case. And um, I mean, okay, this goes beyond the scope of this current episode. But um, if you're interested, you can listen listen back to some of our previous episodes. But again, that bout itself, again, was pretty, pretty controversial. Although Khabib Nurmagomedov won that fight, it lasted the full um, 25 minutes. And uh, Conor McGregor, unfortunately, he was uh, horribly dominated over by Khabib Nurmagomedov. And although Khabib won that fight, a lot of things went, uh, went down and happened after the decision was announced. And uh, it was a pretty controversial fight again that I'm not going to get into too much detail right now. But Let's talk about what we have ahead of us right now with this bout between McGregor and Cowboy. Because McGregor, he has been absent from the MMA scene for quite a while now. And he has been busy, you know, spending time with his family and um, attending to his whiskey business, Proper 12. But he has decided to make that comeback move once again. 
but he's decided to fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who I think isn't necessarily an easy fight for him. And I'm going to explain why that is the case. So Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he is very, very well known for the fact that if the UFC gives him a call about a short notice fight, then he's going to put down his glass of water and immediately fly over to wherever the fight is happening and just fight whatever opponent he has ahead of him right away immediately and that just shows you how first of all how strong he is and how prepared he is physically and that he's always in good shape to fight whoever opponent that is ahead of him but also mentally because it's not easy to just you know go in there and fight a random person you obviously have to have a strong mentality and have that total confidence in yourself that you're going to go in there and completely dominate over your random opponent. And because of that, I am a little bit scared about uh, about um, what Conor McGregor is going to be facing in this particular bout because Cowboy Cerrone, regardless of if he's fighting Muhammad Ali, for that matter, or Conor McGregor, or just a person who's even going to be making their UFC debut, He's going to be walking into the octagon with the same mentality, and that is to just have a good fight, uh, demonstrate all the good skills that he's been working on in training camp, and just have fun and just try his best, okay? And uh, because of that, you know, it would be really interesting to see what will actually go down in this fight against uh, McGregor and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So... Um, talking about some of the strategic things that both guys need to watch out for uh, with regards to this fight. So we all know how good of a striker, actually how precise um, Conor McGregor's strikes are and the fact that he has this um, uh, touch-and-go um, fighting sk- fighting style so that he will stick out his, um, his um, leading arm and establish a proper range. And once he does have an idea of um, how far his opponent usually uh, tends to stand away from him, then he will throw that power shot, that accurate shot that we've seen um, has shown to, to knock down or potentially knock out his opponents. And that is a very, very dangerous weapon of Conor McGregor's but at the same time I I would like to argue that Donald Cowboy Cerrone is an overall better mixed martial artist in my personal opinion from what we've seen so far from Conor McGregor and the fact that he's had that two-year layoff I feel like Donald Cowboy Cerrone is better able to demonstrate not just his striking skills, but also when it comes to wrestling and grappling and jiu-jitsu, because you guys are all know we need to have all of those skills all together to be a well-rounded mixed martial artist overall. It's not just sufficient to have good boxing skills or just have good jiu-jitsu skills. You need to have all of those things together to be dominant in a fight. And in this case, My personal opinion is that Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to at least a little bit demonstrate those skills a little bit better um, against Conor McGregor because I think Donald, excuse me, uh, Conor McGregor, he just has a mentality of going in, potentially finishing the fight and just walking out um, with an an easy mind. And uh, he just wants to get this fight done so that he can later move 
move up um, in ranks and then potentially get title shots and get back to the position that he was previously in the UFC. But like I said, things are not as simple as that. And it will be really interesting to see with what strategy each guy walks into the octagon and what will actually go down. So if, in my opinion, if Donald Cowboy Cerrone wants to be successful in this fight, I would recommend that he out outboxes and just outdoes Conor McGregor, tries to take the fight to the to the full distance, to the full 25-minute um, uh, uh, you know, time of the fight. And if he does that, then we've seen Conor McGregor tire out easily in his fights. And Conor McGregor is the type of guy that will do better uh, in contrast. He will do better if he comes forward just guns blazing. And if he just comes forward with explosive shots early on in the fight and tries to finish Donald Cowboy Cerrone. That way, I think Conor McGregor can 100% win this fight. But if not... If Donald Cow, if um, he doesn't um, throw those strikes immediately, then I, f- I, I personally believe that Conor McGregor is going to get tired out, and then from then on, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone can pick up the pace and potentially win this fight through points and win this fight through decision. So that is my personal prediction for this fight. But again, you guys already know can never really truly predict uh, MMA fights at least because the MMA math doesn't always work out. But at least when considering statistics and some of the things that each of these guys have done in the past and whatnot, this is how I see it go down on Saturday night. But again, we shall wait and see what will actually happen in this fight. And that's what makes it so much more interesting because Yes, I can say everything about the previous fighting styles of each and every one of these guys, but just have to watch it, man, and just see what will go down. Maybe something happens with the weight cuts and, um, you know, one of the guys doesn't feel 100% and, you know, all that stuff. Anything can happen and previous injuries even can happen. So once again, um, these are just general facts and um, statistics, you know, previewing what you can potentially expect for this bout. Anyway, so moving on to the co-main event of the evening, like I said, the bout that I'm really, really excited about, this one's going to be between Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington. So Holly Holm, who does not know Holly Holm when it comes to women's martial arts? Because Holly Holm was the first ever woman in professional mixed martial arts to defeat the very first ever women's champion in the UFC, Ronda Rousey. And when Holly, okay, Holly Holm is the type of person that will come in as the biggest underdog of all time, yet she is able to fight through pressure and just um, prove herself to the whole world. And so um, we can all learn a lesson from the time that she defeated Ronda Rousey, you know, the time that she became the women's bantamweight champion. And, uh, you know, uh, that just tells you that Holly Holm is a very hardworking person, is so uh, determined and so perseverant and nothing can affect her, at least for most parts, mentally. And so this is going to make things challenging for her, I think, because Raquel Pennington, too, she is um, uh, not much, uh, you know, skill wise. If, if not at the same level, she could be um, a very, very um, well-rounded mixed martial artist, even at the same level as Holly Holm, the former champion. 
There's a reason why um, they nicknamed Raquel Pennington the tank because she is... She always mauls over opponents. I'm not sure if you guys remember this particular fight that she had in the past, but one of the fights that she had in the bantamweight division, Raquel Pennington, she tired out her opponents so much. She threw so many shots at such a great volume that her opponent was just, she had just given up, honestly, in her mind. And later on, Raquel Pennington went for a choke and when she choked out her opponent, her opponent was out cold. And when the referee stopped the fight, Raquel Pennington just walked away from her unconscious opponent like she had just, you know, done a really, really easy task. Like she just done a house chore or something. That's just how cool and collective she was after having such a great performance, but also... You know, I don't know. I just love Raquel Pennington. That's all I want to say. And I think because of all that, all the things that I just mentioned, this fight is going to be a very good one. And it's actually a very good matchup for both of these ladies. So Holly Holm, um, one thing that we know about her is the fact that she has such a strong boxing slash kickboxing background. She is indeed a former boxing champion. And so because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes out with a full on um, um, stand up game. If she and if she actually does decide to just go in there, just strike with Raquel Pennington, especially we've seen that Raquel Pennington has shown a little bit of weakness when her opponents are um, uh, are better boxers than her and tend to outbox her because that way, unfortunately, sometimes Raquel Pennington doesn't really find the opportunity, doesn't really find the openings to throw counter shots. And so because of that, we've seen Raquel Pennington win some of her some of her fights that excuse me, lose some of her fights that way because she just couldn't throw enough shots. So if if that is Holly Holmes um, strategy and game plan, then good for her, because I really do think that it is going to work. Now, on the other hand, for Raquel Pennington to be successful, Holly Holm, the way she lost her bantamweight title was through, I don't want to say poor because that has a bad connotation to it. Uh, should I say a weak wrestling game and a weak grappling game? Because when she lost her uh, bantam, bantamweight title to Misha Tate at the time at UFC 200, that was exactly how she lost. And uh, from there on, um, that, that, was, that was the main method of uh, defeating Holly Holm for most of her opponents. So it, it would be no surprise if Raquel Pennington decides to come out with a, with a more wrestling dominant um, game, game plan and decides to put her to the ground, if not just try to attempt as many takedowns as she can so that she is at least able to neutralize some of the striking that is going to be coming towards her from Holly Holm. But other than that, my prediction is that this is going to be a classic boxing versus wrestling match. And if each of these ladies does uh, some of the things that I just recommended, then they're going to be really successful in this fight. And I hope their coaches actually told them beforehand. And I'm sure they probably do know that by now. They're really, um, their fighting IQs, both of them, are just really, really high. And like I said, I really do look forward to this co-main cool event of the evening. Okay, so we do have a few minutes left. Uh, like I said, we have another women's bout happening at strawweight. So we have Claudia Gadelia fighting Alexa Grasso, a top prospect in the strawweight division. 
Uh, that fight also definitely do catch up with that fight. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have time to fully break it down for you guys. But another fight that I just want to briefly touch on is the very first fight uh, of your main main card. And that is the fight between the former uh, lightweight champion, Anthony Pettis versus Diego Ferreira. I was just um, thinking prior to this episode that I hadn't really heard much from Diego Ferreira, although after watching some of the countdown episodes and the uh, vlog episodes that the UFC has put up on the internet. I, I did become a little bit more familiar with Diego Ferreira and his fighting style. Uh, but overall, to be totally honest with you guys, I am I have not watched a lot of his previous fights. But what I can tell you, uh, just from looking at his physique and some of the training videos that I saw uh, prior, he, um, he tends to favor jiu-jitsu and wrestling. And so, actually, if he does rely on his background and his forte, which is grappling and wrestling and jiu-jitsu, then I think he can potentially overcome Anthony Pettis, who is a very, very potent and unique striker and kickboxer and listen there's a reason why he was a former champion so again this is one of the main bouts that i'm looking forward to so once again make sure you catch up with ufc 246 it's happening on saturday night once again um i hope you guys are as pumped up as i am for this whole main card because like i said it is stacked and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to our SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.